두둥 넷플릭스 두둥 This is but ten. I don't know. There's you know. There's a regular time. But ten. You can also the the, the schools the schools hiring bus drivers twenty one dollars an hour. I don't think I can be a bus driver since I had a DUI. You'd be surprised. Actually, it's been long enough now. Maybe it doesn't matter. You could probably get it dropped off because wasn't it for marijuanas? I think they did a whole bunch of like. uh, I mean, it was supposed to be taken off my record but then i got a ticket for public urination one time i couldn't (laughs) do community service for that and instead of because they gave you an option you could pay a fine to do community service but if you had any prior convictions they wouldn't let you do the community service option and i wasn't able to because the dui was still there and clarify for listeners um my dui yeah it's for having smoked marijuana within the last 30 days i wasn't drunk driving although i've been i've driven an e-breed plenty of times before so i guess they got me (laughs) and also clarify public urination it's not like i was like standing in front of like a restaurant peeing on yeah you know it's everybody's peeing behind an alley somewhere (laughs) yeah i was peeing in an alley and the cops came up behind me (laughs) <laughs> well, in my in my youth, I uh, I don't know how young or tw- how how young do you consider twenty three ish or twenty two? I peed in the library fountain in Tempe. Pretty young, twenty uh, more than once. I might add, it's oh, right there. Yeah, whatever bodies of water you peeing them, peeing outdoors. What's the problem? I honestly don't know. I'd love to be outside. That's what I, I was just thinking. Them. If I had a house, I would never use it for anything but duties. Yeah, I just go pee on some the ground. Yeah, there's a bush over there. Let's go pee on it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty distraught. Uh, I'm pretty distraught. I don't know if we're gonna be able to how if I'm gonna be able to make it through the whole recording. It's uh, I don't know if you heard, but the top G Andrew Tate, he's been arrested. Has he? I'm pretty upset about for having it, yeah. a small penis. That was like I mean I didn't realize that was a crime. No, for sex trafficking, obviously <laughs> the same thing he arrested before for before. Because <laughs> yeah, he's definitely. The sex trafficker and fucking around with the Romanian mafia and shit. Uh, but because of that video he posted to Greta Thunberg, it's how they realized he was back in Romania, I guess. It's because he had that Romanian pizza on the table. He's such a fucking, <laughs> fucking dumb smart. You know, you dumbass. Got him. It's, it's crazy, like, how all those, like, sweaty, nerdy, uncharismatic dudes are, like, every 15-year-old's favorite masculine icon. I don't, I don't get it. There's, like, nothing interesting about him. The top um, G. He's got a really stupid ass fucking accent. I know. Uh, uh, I'm gonna find something appealing about him. Hold on. Hold on. I guess he got money. He got money. No. Is money that appealing? Yeah, to a lot it of people, be. it seems like it. It's yeah. gotta be appealing. You know what I mean? I guess that's the whole point of the movie we watched this week. Is it? Sort of. I don't know. Well, 
Oh, it's one second on smell golden teeth. Oh, sorry. You can, can do your thing again. Where's <laughs> the content Make you gooch. Cultural appropriation. It's me, uh, Gooch. Gucci Gooch. Gucci man. Co host. It's Gucci. Um, Gucci Gooch in it. You know, Gooch is out for the Gooches. Yeah, we review Netflix original films. Hopefully, we can get through this episode without me breaking down in tears because of the top G. But um, uh, you know, also- someone, someone, someone else has reviewed Falling for Christmas, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's our business. Yeah, we have monopoly on Netflix original films. Wait till they're about, wait till. To, <laughs> they're about to find out who the real top G is. I will commit violence <laughs> to protect this podcast. I'll I already have Kevin. Gucci Gooch. I'll commit violence for very simple th- reasons. Well, it's also the final episode, the end of the year spectacular. So we got to talk about Kyle's, I mean, Mickey Gooch's top 10 films of the year, kind of. Oh, gonna be a lot of burping on this one. Yeah, Mickey Gooch, your host, my brother Sean Gooch, Shawnee Gooch. Uh, we, we're breaking down all the the Netflix original films. We're gonna talk about Glass Onion. A lot of people already been talking about it on the internet. Somehow it generated discourse, despite being like the most unassuming, not unassuming, but the most. Uh, uh, there's all to me. There's not anything particularly one way or the other about this movie. It was perfectly fine, but we'll get to that first. We got to talk about the greatest movies of 2022. Um, while I was making my list, Avatar Two: The Way of the Water. And no, I haven't seen it. I don't even know if I'll watch it when it becomes free on the internet. I'm like really have no interest in Avatar. It's made a billion dollars though. Congratulations, James Cameron and Disney. Disney wins no matter what, huh? Yeah, Disney gets it coming and going, you know? Oh, Spider-Man made a billion dollars? Oh, uh, Avengers made a billion dollars? Oh, Avatar makes a billion dollars? Oh, pretty soon to buy Top Gun. Top Gun, Top G. Oh, this is by Tom Cruise. That's probably the secret. Disney needs to buy Scientology. That would be a benefit for society, probably. You know, I bet there's quite a lot of links between Scientology and Disney. I mean, the... <laughs> More than you'd think, I'm sure. Well, I hadn't considered it before, but they both occupy that weird uh, corporate uh, control space in California that people, you don't think about it too often, but like Disney and Scientology run a lot of shit in the Los Angeles area. So they might be <laughs> interlinked. Uh, when I was making this top 10 list, thinking about all the movies I'd watched this year, um, I don't think it was a very good year for movies. <laughs> I don't see how many movies I actually watched that came out this year. I mean, I watched uh, a ton of movies this year. There's 365 days in the year. I don't necessarily always watch a movie every day, but pretty close. And then there's some days I'll watch two or three movies. So presumably I've watched like 360 movies this year, we'll say. A majority of them were not from this year, though. Yeah, that's, I mean, like, for sure in the last few months I've watched not a movie every day, but maybe a movie every two or three days. But almost none of them have been from releases this year. Yeah, I mean, the most, I mean, the last couple of weeks I've been watching a lot from this year because they all leaked on the internet. But like over the course of the whole year, there wasn't a lot of stuff that really stood out to me. And then going back through and thinking about a lot of stuff I watched that was from this year, it wasn't that impressive, you know? There's nothing that really spoke to me. Well, there's like three or four movies that I really like. And then the rest is kind of like, yeah, I guess. Oh, the ones I remember that came out this year are uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, uh, 
starring uh, Mr. Science Theater Jonah Ray and uh, <laughs> the Banshees in the Sharon. I can't remember anything else I watched this year that came out. We definitely watched them for the podcast, but I don't remember yeah. them. Jonah Ray was in Christmas Bloody Christmas. Yeah, he's one of the first dudes to die. He's the one eating butts. You know the tasteful butt eating scene you mentioned to me. Yeah, he's the one. He's the one eating the butt. Well, I guess I don't know who Jonah Ray is. I thought he was a fat guy. You know, he lost some weight. Oh. <laughs> he wasn't ever really a huge guy. He was just kind of a little bit on the chubby side. You know, he's a, oh. he's a cuddly guy. Well, I don't know. Oh, yes. Yeah, speaking of which, before we get into my my the greatest films of 2022 and some honorable mentions, um. I went to the doctor yesterday. Cause, oh, yeah, um, how'd your neck go? I mean, they can't do anything, just a referral to physical therapy. But fuck it. I mean, my arm's kind of working again anyways, so um, I don't know. I might just be tendonitis or something. Maybe physical therapy will figure it out. We'll see. I'm probably just going to start working out again. Fuck it, I'll kill myself. We're going to still go to physical therapy. It's basically mm-hmm. free at this point. Yeah, but the the important thing is because uh, earlier this week I realized like my arm was kind of working again, and I was like maybe I shouldn't go to the doctor. But I had a second reason for going to the doctor, and is to be so I could finally get my official big boy certification. That's right, I'm finally gonna treat my sleep apnea. Oh, so I went luck. for a referral on the sleep study, so I could do that too. Because yeah, I'm gonna get certified big boy status. When I walked in there, the doctor was like, you know what? You look like you'd be perfect for our cybernetic super lover program, but you got to get big boy certified first. And I was like, you're damn right, bitch. We're going to we're gonna hook all kinds of machines up to you. You're going to look like a predator when you sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, every partner I've slept with over the last few years has been like, yeah, I think you have sleep apnea. And so, yeah, probably. You know what I did? I just, I just lost a shit ton of weight. Yeah, but I've lost a lot of weight, and it, I don't think it's gotten any better. So I'm just gonna get that machine that constantly blows air in my nose. CPAP, pap smear. You know, CPAP your face everywhere. Yeah, you and then pap yourself. Get certified big boy status, even though I look like a football player, not like a real big boy. But whatever. But football players are big boys too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are like, "Hey, those football players are tiny fellas." Yeah, but when they they're talking about big boys, they mean big boys. Not yeah, like but I mean your defensive linemen, your offensive linemen, those are certified big boys. Oh yeah, those guys are, but I'm not as big as them. Yeah, Kyle, you're you're like six two and like two twenty five, right? Two thirty? You're close. No, I was two fifty three. I'm six one. Yeah, six two, two fifty three. Oh, gee, yeah, you're definitely up there. No, look offensive linemen. Then defensive linemen. Offensive linemen are around 300 pounds and taller than me, I guarantee it. Yeah, I know, but you're like, I don't know, you, you definitely walk on to a college team right now. Oh, yeah, but I'd be playing like linebacker or something. I wouldn't be on like the line, I don't think. I think I'd still have to be bigger, heavier at least. Anyhow, um, certified big boy. I'm not certified yet. I got to get my cybernetic super lover machine first, which is what the CPAP machine is now. Since I get that, big boy certified. I don't think that's required. Oh, well, you know, what is required of this podcast is the greatest films of 2022, as decided by Mickey Gooch. Uh, first, though, Shawnee Gooch. What movies did you like this year? Batman? Batman's pretty good. Batman came out this year? The Batman, yeah. I feel like it came out two years ago. Uh, Batman was pretty good. Uh, but I, the only movie, I, the best movie I think I saw this year is The Banshee's of Lena Sharon, and I do, honestly don't think I have anything else to add to that list. Yeah, because you mostly watch movies with your kids and stuff. Yeah, so I, I mean, I watch a lot of Marvel movies. And, <laughs> and they were very movies. good. Yeah, yeah, well, are they ever really that good? Even the best ones are like, yeah, that was fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, <clears> I, I remember. I feel about it. It's like how I feel about Arnold movies. Like, yeah, I killed an hour and a half for two hours of my life. I'm fine with yeah. that. I remember watching the first Iron Man in theaters, and I was like, they really did it. They made an Iron Man movie. <laughs> that's, that's kind of that's kind of yeah. how I feel about most of these movies still these days. Like, oh, I made two Doctor Stranges? That's crazy. Well, now I meant more like uh, they made it work, you know? Yeah, like, that's, wow. that's what I mean. Oh, I've, after the first Iron Man, that, like, charm had worn off. Like, as soon as I saw, like, the Thor movie or whatever, I was like, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, nice try. It's like, yeah, yeah, right. Fuck that shit. Hey, well, uh, let's do it. This is the best films of 2022, according to Mickey Gooch. Therefore, they are fact. Honorable mentions first. Uh, these are movies that I think uh, got wide release in 2022, and I didn't really see them until 2022, but technically they're 2021. So, uh, Sadness, ultraviolent zombie movie from Taiwan. Check it out. After Yang, um, uh, Kogun Automated is good. Also, his miniseries Pachinko. Check it out. Uh, Mad God, Phil Tippett's Mad God. It's fucking disturbing stop motion, special effects, monster shit. It's crazy. It's on Shutter. Check it out. Uh, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Uh, Anna Lily Amaper's most recent movie. I don't think she's ever gonna achieve the heights of a girl walks home alone again at night. But I like she. I like that she just constantly is always doing her own thing. So it's a pretty good movie. Um, it also has Kate Hudson in it looking hot as hell, just like in Glass Onion. So that's an interesting coincidence. And then two movies that I absolutely loved. If they would have technically come out in 2022, they would have been in the top five. First one is a Japanese movie called Baby Assassins about like high school girls who are assassins. And it's just ultra violent and fun. Sure, and Baby Assassins. This one, this one might have been like shit, man. Number one, number two, Limbo. I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast. I love this movie, black and white movie from Hong Kong about um, tracking down a serial killer working with the sex worker. Um, it's fucking brutal. It makes Hong Kong look like absolute hell. I don't know where you can watch it, but download the torrent or whatever. It's fucking awesome. And then here's for my tenth place spot. It's not a specific movie. It's just a bunch of movies that I um. We're pretty good, you know, but like whatever. <laughs> For my tennis play spot, I hit, I give you twenty movies. <laughs> Proceed. Well, yeah, it is going to be a few of them. Uh, Shin Ultraman. Um, I think probably technically. Oh, this year. Yeah, I think technically it's probably a better made movie than Shin Godzilla, but Godzilla is cooler than Ultraman, so Shin Godzilla is still better. But it's I think right. Japanese disagree with you, but I, I feel yeah. Godzilla is cooler. I think I'm actually excited for the next one, which is going to be Shin Kaiman Rider. I think that'll be cool. Uh, Project Wolf Hunting, uh, South Korea splatter film. A bunch of criminals are being transported on a cargo ship after being extradited from the Philippines back to Korea, and they start murdering all the, the guards and stuff very violently. And then there's also, like, a werewolf monster on board who's killing everyone. It's fucking nuts. Why it's wouldn't nuts it be? movie. Yeah. Uh, don't know where you can <laughs> watch either of those movies. Uh, find them. Uh, Fast and Free Love, a Thai movie about a competitive cup stacker that's presented like an action movie, but it's actually like kind of a dark romance comedy movie. It's hard to explain. Check it out. Don't know where you can watch that either. Actually, that <laughs> one might be on Drama Cool and Project Wolf Hunting and probably Shin Ultraman. Uh, Dark Glasses, not a very good movie, but it's cool that Dario Argento made another movie, so you had to put that on there. <laughs> Ten place. Uh Saloom. It's uh Senegalese. 
Senegalese movie, Congo Congolese director, takes place in Senegal. It's a crime thriller and a horror movie. The three main characters are like the coolest dudes you've ever seen in a movie, just like the way they're styled and stuff. Uh, Holy Spider. Um, I think this this is one that like probably was on on some people's like year end list because it's a little bit more um Oscar seasony, but it's a Iranian movie about a journalist who travels to Mashhad to uh, try to solve what's going on with the serial killer who's um, targeting sex workers. Obviously, no one cares because sex workers are less dead, especially in a hyper religious country like the United States or Iran. And then halfway through the movie, it kind of turns into a political commentary about the, 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 the religious and misogynistic nature of Iran and the police, politics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, My Small Land is a Japanese movie about a family of Kurdish immigrants living in Japan and their uh, legal status being up in the air. Pretty compelling shit, kind of a bummer. And then Broker, which is the most recent Corey Ada film. Uh, it's pretty good because it's Corey Ada, but it's like not one of his best. The final one, uh, maybe this one is actually my, would be my top 10. It's like a Yakuza epic called Hell Dogs in the Bamboo Forest. It's just like violent Yakuza shit, and it inspired me to start watching a bunch of Yakuza movies again. So, hell yeah, check them all out. Hell Dogs is actually on Netflix, so there you go. Fucking, that's that. Now the actual list, number nine, The Fablemans, is pretty good. I still um, watch that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Steven Spiegel's pretty good. I like that he sort of pathologizes his need to make films just so he can have control of the environment around him. David Lynch's cameo is good, of course. Um, the weird sort of like fawning sexuality about his mother is interesting. Very pathological movie. Uh, and I, you know, I, I understand why she, his mom left Paul Dano for Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen's a much more handsome, charming, charismatic man. Someone's gonna disagree with you, but like Seth Rogen is just a generally, he just seems like a man you can cuddle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, that's all I want. Yeah, Seth Rogen's a cub, not quite a bear, he's a cub. Uh, number eight, uh, controversial blonde. We talked about it on the podcast, so I won't go into too much. I, I still like blonde. Oh, I it's good blonde. Number seven, The Northman. Everyone, I feel like a lot of people forgot this movie came out. Um, it's still weird, it's weird and hyper violent. Um, I like it. My favorite part is when Anya Taylor-Joy um, is going to be raped by the um, Viking Lord dude, and she uh, sticks her hands up her skirt and then rubs period blood on his face. That rules. Uh, number six is Return to Dust, a film that was banned in China for being way too much of a bummer. <clears throat> Actually, is banned because it depicts rural poverty. <laughs> That's um, not a problem in China. Go away. Uh, it is, it's quite a harrowing watch. There's like lots of moments of levity and like beauty in it. It's very well shot, a very beautiful movie, but you're not gonna, after you're done watching it, you're gonna be like, well, fuck, man. <laughs> but, uh, check it out if you can find it. I think this one will probably be pretty hard to find. Um, it might be on Drama Cool, though. They have like pretty much every movie from East Asia. Number five, RRR, Rise, Roar, Revolt. Uh, yeah, this movie's fucking dope. What everyone said, everything that needs to be said about it. Try to get the original Tuluga version. Um, it took me a while to watch this one because I didn't see it in the theaters, and then when they put it on Netflix, it's dubbed over in Hindi, and I didn't want to watch it in Hindi, so I had to wait for 
criminals to put it on the internet in its original language, but it's out there. Go find the Telugu version. Uh, it's just like the most over the top, amazing action uh, spectacle. Just the scale and the spectacle and the, the, everything about it is so cool. Uh, number four is Nope. I think we talked about Nope on one of the episodes of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I watched Nope too. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget what comes out this year. Nope. Yeah, nope, it's really good. When I first watched it, I was like, mm, I don't know if it was that great. And I don't even know if I liked it more than Get Out or Us. I rewatched it and thought about it more and more. And it's like, no, this is probably his best movie. I like it the most. It's the most visually interesting. It's got like a lot of uh, a lot of different visual motifs and layers to it. Steven Yeun's really good in it. Kiki Palmer. Daniel Kalula. Yeah, all the performances really CG good. CG Monkey. Yeah, it's just really, it's just a really fucking good movie. And yes, the the scene where the um, all the people get swallowed by a jean jacket, and we get to go through the insides. That's fucking one of the most uh, disturbing like horror scenes I've seen in a long time. And I'm watching horror movies all the time. Shit. And then top three. Honestly, these three could be interchangeable based on the day. But number three, Banshees of Venus Sharon. Um, just fucking hilarious, heartbreaking wonderful movie a lot of people like oh it's just an actor's movie it's just talking blah 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 i think it's got a lot of good blocking and framing it has a nice visual motifs with doorways and windows i think there's a lot more going on visually aside from just it being um a pretty location with really good acting but all that other shit is true too this movie's fucking amazing i've watched it twice already i think i feel like watching it again uh barry cohen or barry cogan kind of steals the movie and um forget her name the lady who plays siobhan siobhan and dominic are better than uh coleman parik but uh, colin farrell does a great job he just seems like the, the most like joyous idiot you know so just a great guy we talked um, about it off the podcast but I, I really i just really enjoyed when he decides to break bad you know <laughs> he's like oh i'm gonna tell this guy and that his, his dad's dead yeah it is red truck was wrong <laughs> It's the same bastard again. I'll fucking kill him. I'll fucking kill him. What's funny? What's right? What's great about that scene um, is it kind of illustrates the interesting tone of the whole movie, right? Where the scene where he tells him that is fucking hilarious, right? And then when he tells Dominic that, and Dominic like about the worst thing I've ever heard, and it like breaks Dominic's heart and like kind of like ruins their relationship. Uh, yeah, that's like kind of the double-edged nature of the movie. Is like it's really fucking hilarious, but it's also like so grim. I don't know what's grim about it. Why would the what's so terrible about the man losing all his fingers? Yeah, his fiddle fingers for fiddling. And there's a, a brother just ignoring uh, his his sister's outcry for to to help him so that he can continue some weird feud with his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it again. That movie rules. Uh, Brendan Gleeson's getting it too, but I just like, if from my perspective, his character Colm is like absolutely in the wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean he admits it when he talks to Siobhan. He's like, you know, I yeah, sometimes I do this thing. I'm spinning my wheels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he's uh, yeah, his the the scene where uh, Parik Parik's um drunk and he's like kind of dressing him down, and it's like. The, the, we live in you know small ass middle of nowhere but it's our life and it's good to be decent to people just for the sake of being decent and blah blah, blah. and it's like yeah that's yeah that's kind of like how, how humanity's operated for a long time <laughs> but whatever he's gonna make his damn fiddle music without his fiddle in hand i'll knock it off my fingers you understand no 
Uh, number two, Crimes of the Future. Cronenberg, it's sexy. Uh, Kristen Stewart's in it. She's sexy. She's just unrestrained horniness. Uh, Aragorn's in it. Leia Seydoux. How you fucking just wonderful, creepy, practical effects. Just weird shit because it's Cronenberg. Weird horny shit. Just right up my alley. Not a lot of movies like this get made anymore. Movies that are specifically for me. Thank you, David Cronenberg. Could have been number one, but unfortunately, I'm a Korea boo, and since I was in high school, my favorite director has probably been Park Chan-wook, so I, number one's decision to leave. And it's fine. It's fucking technically perfect movie. He's showing off a lot, and he's just like, fucking, I can do whatever I want. I'm one of the greatest living directors. Sound design is amazing. I love you how you can hear in so much detail all the human sounds the characters make. Also, just unrestrained horniness in it. Every scene in it is just like smoldering. Everyone loves Tong Wei. They can't get enough of her and her baby hairs. Film of the year, decision to leave. Everyone Jesus check Christ, it out. you and those fucking baby hairs. Peach it's, buns. A, it's Tong Wei. It's not me and those baby hairs. It's Tong Wei and the baby I'm hair. sorry, Tong Wei and her fucking peach fuzzes. Tong Wei, baby! Speaking of hot-ass chicks in movies, Kate Hudson, huh? What'd she do recently? Oh, yeah. Glass Onion. <laughs> Glass Onion. <laughs> Looking better than ever. You know, she did look amazing. I watched it with, with Coops, and she's like, she still looks great. She's still pretty. Yeah, I love Kate Hudson, so... <laughs> Uh, I feel the need to just be like, yeah, it was a glass ending, huh? That was a movie, all right. But I guess I should defend it because Ben Shapiro hates it. Uh, he just, uh, he, I got hoodwinked. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> what he said. I bamboozled, even though they gave me several clues that something wasn't up. Well, he's, there's a twist in the middle. It was bad. <laughs> I was embarrassed for myself. That's just that. Ben Shapiro should constantly be embarrassed for himself. Um, yeah, I'm, so Ben Shapiro doesn't like it. Uh, a bunch of other people don't like it because it's too online. A bunch of normies do like it and think it's great because they gave, oh, the dismissive representation of Benoit Block is a gay man. So, oh, what a triumph for gay rights. Blah, blah, blah. Um, my opinion is it's not as good as the first one. Yeah. My I thing mean, is, um, <laughs> so the, the cast seems weaker to me. Uh, the characters seem weaker. I don't like the setting. Yeah, um, setting's not as good for sure. Saying this is not as good. Uh, Big Dave dies. I don't like that Big Dave dies. <laughs> Janelle Monet, beautiful woman, great actress. Not quite as good as Ana de Armas in the first one, which is kind of the important character in the first one. I actually don't think Benoit Blanc is that interesting of a character, and it worked a lot better in Knives Out, where he's just kind of a detective, not the movie centering more around him, like in this one. Well, getting get, you know, buckling, we got two more to go. Oh, for real? Yeah, and Netflix bought, bought the, the rights to three sequels, I think, or at least two sequels. Okay. Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> I guess I'll watch them. But maybe. I don't know. Honestly, it might depend on like the setting and the actors in the next one, if I'll watch it or not. Because this one, was to me, was a major downgrade from the first one. Um, the first hour is like useless. Yeah, I was going to say it's really long. They could have condensed that first... Uh, that first hour until the mid twist like that could be 40 minutes right i just ryan johnson i think loves the smell of his own farts he's it's one of those ryan guys to, you know? sir ryan johnson he's ryan, way it's not ryan it's not ryan he doesn't he's, say it right well no he doesn't because he's got like a speech impediment he's just, 
My name's Ryan Johnson. That's like how he sounds. Is it I, John, I, don't, I don't think it's Ryan, is it? Yeah, it's just the bullshit way of spelling Ryan. All right, who should? Who am I to complain? My name's not spelled right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it, even if it was spelled right as far as Americans, he, it still wouldn't be spelled right. You need an accent mark over the E, buddy. Otherwise, it's Shan. Uh, yeah, Ryan Johnson, Um, he got a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of ill will because of the last jedi but then a lot also a lot of goodwill from nerds because of last jedi whereas the problem with last jedi is it's um a boring toy commercial like every other star wars movie yeah the a plot's really great and then everything else is boring as fuck well it just became like part of the culture war touchstone so you can't have a negative opinion about it without people assuming that you're like fucking a nazi um i think it's terrible because it's a boring toy commercial like every star wars movie i don't care about any of the political shit <laughs> and um i have a I different think... political opinion <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh garbage it's consumer garbage but, uh, yeah, I don't think um, it's particularly interesting. I don't think Ryan Johnson's a particularly interesting filmmaker. filmmaker. Looper's okay. Blood's Bloom is all right. Um, what's his first movie with the fucking third rock from the sun, bitch? He always has Gordon Levin in his fucking Yeah, shit. just what's the fucking name of that first movie he did? God damn. You know I what I'm talking know. about. Fucking Brick. Brick's all right. It's interesting. Um, I fucking wish there were more, um, whodunit movies, like mystery movies and shit in this vein, but, um, the, the thing he got right in the first one that he did not get right in this one is all these characters are incredibly weak, except for Edward Norton, don't you think? Yeah, they're all kind of like one, one note. Um, the governor lady is okay. She's barely in it. Yeah, but she has a little bit more character than the rest. But they're all really just really kind of flat. Yeah, they're all just they all melt in the background. They don't do anything. Um, they're none of them are propelling the plot forward at all. Like in Knives Out, well, the root first Knives Out, how the, a lot of the characters were integral to the you know the plot in some way. Um, yeah, they're just kind of there. Ethan Hawke shows up. He's just kind of there for a second. Um, and so a lot of people complain that the movie is too online, right? Uh, which it is. I mean, it, these are not that it's too online. I don't give a fuck about that either. But um, all the characters in the movie are very much just, hey, you've seen some like this on the internet before. Yeah, we got and, the, we got the Liver King guy. In the... Yeah, but then that's the end of their characterization, right? There's not anything else to them except for just, hey, this is the type of character well, you've seen on the internet. They're all friends secretly, and they're tricking you, I think, is the whole... That's the other part of the character. It's all bullshit. I, yeah, I mean, is that... I'm, I mean, it's not very well thought out, and it's not really a character trait. Well, it's, it's like not... It's not, like, much of a revelation, right? Because my worldview is, yeah, of course, all these type of assholes <laughs> are friends and protect That's like when uh, Benoit Blanc is like, oh, this guy turned out to be an idiot? I'm like, well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I knew from the beginning this guy was a moron. In the flashback scene, they're showing how they all met or whatever. Or the first time Edward Norton's character rolled up. And he's dressed like uh, Tom Cruise's character from Magnolia. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty good reference. Um, that wasn't Ryan Johnson's idea, though. That was Edward Norton's idea. So good job, Edward Norton. That feels like an Edward Norton idea uh, for sure. 
It was it's the like the funniest thing in the movie to me. And I fucking I knew Ryan Johnson didn't come up with that. <laughs> I like how the whole thing is a Beatles reference. Also, uh, I, is Paul McCartney getting paid for this? I like that they really had to hammer home. So, oh, it's a glass yeah. onion. They go, is this a glass onion? This whole thing is a glass onion. So the whole mystery is a glass onion. You can see it through the whole thing the entire time. Well, yeah, glass conceptualize, onion. if you will, a glass onion. Multiple layers. It seems complex, but you can see right through it. You get it? Then, oh, don't worry. I'll tell you about it a few more times. Paul McCartney gets paid for this, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um. S- so the setting I do not like. Uh, I don't think they utilize the setting very well. But even if they did, I still would have preferred the setup to the original Knives Out, where the scale was very small. Right? It makes the mystery more interesting, like how it could take place in such yeah. a in an intimate sort of setting. This movie is just like the the murder took place somewhere else on a different time on it may as well be a different planet you know what i mean it's like not the the cozy mystery aspect agatha christie style stuff of the first one is like not really present in this one it's stuff there's is no quite way to recreate it without actually changing the entire mystery well i just uh i don't really like why do you write it this way <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't i mean you know yeah. i don't know i can't tell you not how I write a mystery, I guess, but you know what do I know? I haven't wrote any successful mysteries. I mean, as we're talking about it now, I think I dislike it even more than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, because the setting's underutilized, but it sucks anyways. So I wouldn't have cared if they did utilize it more. Like if we explored more of the island, blah blah. blah. It yeah, I don't, I'm just trying to think. What's the more interesting setting? So they did, the other one was just a kind of classic mansion setup. You could do a castle, I guess. The mm. rich dude with a castle. That's kind of fun. The thing is, um, so obviously a lot of people would argue against me like, well, then you would just be making the same movie again. I don't want more of the same. Blah, blah. But well, have you the read these is- fucking Agatha Christie or uh, any the Sherlock Holmes or the Philip Marlowe books? Or Come on. They're all well, the here's same. The, here's the thing is this movie ends up being the same anyways, but weaker, right? Because they spend the majority of the movie in that one main room discussing yeah. the mystery, right? So it ends up still being the same thing. It's just less interesting because the murder didn't take place there. And um, no, the characters are less interesting and they're flatter. And well, you know what I mean? It is. It still is the same thing. It's just not as good. And also, yeah, I, why that's everyone love knives out. Just make it again in a different setting with other interesting characters. Yeah, <laughs> I guess Chris is like, it. you know what? We had a murder on a train. You know what I'm going to do next? A murder on a boat. Yeah, fuck it. Just keep doing it. Why not? Are you, you fucking idiots? That's the formula. Oh, I, the beginning when he's playing Amogus. He was being sus on Amogus. Gone <laughs> Minecraft. Gone Amogus. Um, he's the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is playing with him because he's, he's a Sherlock Holmes guy, right? Yeah, he is a Sherlock Holmes guy. He's I'm a Minecraft Holmes guy. He wrote a Minecraft Holmes. Two Minecraft Holmes books. I'm guessing that's why he was in that scene, right? I believe so. Because they're playing Amogus, gone sus, gone Fortnite. I'm talking like you're, well... I'm worried about the top, top G, gone sus. Uh, you, you, if you want to play Among Us, you can play with my children. Amogus? Among Us? Yeah. Among Us. Although they just got an Xbox, and so Jamie's been playing Jurassic Park, World Dominion, where you build your own Jurassic Park. Holy shit. And then you said the dinosaur is free and watch the Havoc? 
Uh, you're supposed to know that the son of the dinosaur is free, but oh. <laughs> he hasn't. We'll see how it goes once he's got all those T Rexes he's been building. <laughs> all right, I just got to breed a few more T Rexes, and then that'll be it for Ryan Johnson. Uh, if Daniel Craig he returns as Benoit Blanc. Um, to me, not an uh, interesting enough character, uh, or uh, he's perfectly fine as he is in Knives Out. I don't need to know any more about him. He can be <laughs> gay. That's cool. Fine. I don't care about a cute little cameo from. Hugh Grant. Um, I don't want to. Oh, he's depressed because of the pandemic. You guys remember the pandemic? No, 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 no. it's it's back. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, also, I the fact that he um thinks he the the whole mystery relies on him thinking Edward Norton's character is a genius because um he was told that by propaganda. That like really that doesn't seem to fit like the world's greatest detective, right? Yeah, you like think he, he would he would take in evidence. Yeah, you'd see, think you would see right through him. <laughs> Which he kind of does. I mean, he sees through yeah. it relatively quickly. But at the same time, I, I was already suspect from the start. I don't, I don't need to meet the man first. Yeah, I just think it was um, bad writing, I guess. I, there's just like a lot of problems with this, the mystery and the story in this. Where yeah, like It could really could use another pass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Edward Norton plays Elon Musk. Um, and I guess a little bit of Zuckerberg, right? Because the yeah, accusations. You know, there's, some, of, uh, there's some stuff going in there. Dick Zuckerberg stealing Facebook from whatever the Winklevoss twins or whatever that bullshit is. Okay. Uh, Kate Hudson is in it as um just you know influencer on the internet, you know Instagram influencer lady who's a little corrupt or whatever. I like the joke that um when they're setting up the trying to find a factory for their her her new product the new sweats the the, the guys like oh it's the place he chose is a, a renowned sweatshop and she's like thanks that sounds great get it because <laughs> she's an idiot <laughs> yeah. well i mean they build sweat they make sweats yeah. there. i mean that's the whole joke yeah i thought that was kind of cute joke um she looks amazing and i can't believe how good she looks uh you know she's got like Nice butt cheeks. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, when she comes out in thing. when she comes out in the bikini, I was like, God damn, your mom is Goldie Hawn. Uh, Big Dave's pretty. in it. Big Dave's in it. Oh yeah, Goldie Hawn is a very beautiful lady too, and still beautiful even in her advanced age. Dave Batista's in it. Big Dave, the greatest actor ever produced by WWE, through no help of the WWE too. He kind of did it on his own because he just actually seems to have talent, not like. Oh, Cena okay. or you know, the, Rock or... the Rock Johnson is uh, is the premier actor. Uh, he told me on Twitter about five times. He sucks. Uh, Dave Bautista, Big Dave, not so great in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't have like I'm Big Dave. He doesn't His have mom's much, great. Yeah, he doesn't have much to work with, just like everyone else in um the movie. Uh, Janelle Monae's in it. She's uh, supposed to. She's like the Ana de Armas, like stand in, like sidekick part of the mystery type thing with Benoit Wallblanc, but like not quite as good as Anna the Armas. Her like story is not as interesting. I don't care about her uh, um rich sister getting murdered by the other rich person. <laughs> you know, what she's I mean? one of the good rich ones in the end. She's like, ah, yeah. oh, we we can't blow up houses with hydrogens. That's where this line stops. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like uh <laughs> such a little like wimpy, mealy, milk toast, liberal Ryan Johnson type thing to put in the pot, the 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 script. Anyways, like oh, there are good rich people. No, there aren't. Ryan Johnson, you bitch. Uh, Catherine Hahn, um, she's in it. 
I guess she's running for governor or whatever. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is in the movie. I know he's got maybe like three lines of dialogue and you forgot he was there. Spends a lot of time just kind of in the background. But I guarantee you there is a black man in this movie. And then Jessica Henwick plays Peg. Everyone on the internet who saw it in theaters and beforehand leading up to it, there's all this hype about Peg, right? Like people being Peg fans and shit. She's... She's barely in the fucking movie, too. Yeah. She doesn't do shit. Who she gives doesn't do a anything shit. interesting. Yeah, I forgot what happens to her in the end. She just disappears, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Uh, Madeline Klein's in it. She plays a woman named Whiskey. She actually is probably the most interesting character out of these people. Now that I think about it. Yeah, well, because she's the, she also, she's the one that seems like she, she understands what's going on, and she's she has some conflict, and then there's a yeah. beginning and a middle and an end. Yeah, she's got Miles she, has an arc too. You know, they start out the same; they're basically the same until the end. Miles loses his money, and they're like, "All right, well, we can we can finally get rid of this guy mm-hmm. that we never liked to begin with." Yeah, so uh, I guess Whiskey's the best character in it, huh? Interesting. Very interesting. I like Yo Yo Ma the best. I think he really carried the movie. Uh, Noah Sagan's in it. He's a guy that's in a bunch of. Uh, Ryan Johnson's movies. He's just uh, Daryl, the dude that's just on the island. That's him. That's a good. That was a fun joke, right? Remember when he'd be like, "Hey, you want to hang out?" Huh? Daryl was singing. Huh. Yeah. He. I guess he. He's gotten fat because yeah, he looks different now. Uh, Jackie Hoffman plays Ma. Big Dave's Ma. And then Hugh Grant makes a cameo. Ethan Hawke makes a cameo. Steven Sondheim makes a cameo, Serena Williams, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Natasha Leone. Uh, there you go. There's a cast film during uh, during the pandemic, I believe. So um, a lot of people just appearing on green screen, not interacting with each other. <laughs> Lots of cool shit. Yeah, they, they made it work, I guess. I'm guessing that's maybe why it was set on a desolate island or some shit, too. And he's like, yeah, there's no staff working here. There's just a shitty robot from Boston Dynamics. And blah, blah, blah. I, you got to do what you got to do because of the pandemic. Make it easier or whatever. But I don't know. Don't worry. We got one. more. I don't know about this. How Let long me... was the first one? That's a good question. Let's find out. Two Let's hours last. and 10 minutes. This one's two hours and 19 minutes. The first one did not seem as long as this one at all. I haven't seen the first one in a while. I bet I would not have sit through it as well the second time. It's got Lakeith Stanfield in it. He's kind of barely in it, though. Yeah, there's at least one more on its way. That's a bummer. Well, no, maybe he'll turn it around with the third one. <laughs> and then we'll get two more after that. Well, I mean, like, uh, Netflix already didn't want to make money off of this, so I don't think the, the popularity or how much money it generates really determines if there's going to be more of them or not. Everything Netflix does just seems to be like an arbitrary decision based upon like how much people post about it on social media or some shit, right? Because they're like, oh, this, this movie's been watched 800 million billion times. It's like, that shit's not real. They didn't no, put no, it in the theaters to make any money, so they don't care about making money in theaters because they think they're trying to get rid of the theater industry. But then, like, there's fucking, they don't advertise or hype up any of their big movies or anything. So, like, are they trying to get people to subscribe? What I don't know what Netflix no, no, is trying to do. Netflix is just bad at this. They're not good at business. Yeah. So that's what I mean is it doesn't matter how well this one or the next one or any of them do. Netflix will either make more knives out or they won't. You well, I mean, 
I, I, I'm just saying, like, if the next one's really good, you're, you'll, there'll be some movie studios like, well, you know, Netflix oh, has yeah. a lot of movie uh, money on the table. We'll we'll throw some money at Daniel Craig and Rian Johnson for a fourth Knives Out. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Well, well, what would you make the third one? Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton yeah. from Hot Fuzz. I, I was thinking James Bond, but yeah, oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, I got it. I got it. It's um, Game of Death. But mm-hmm. detectives, all these detectives, there's some like crazy murder happens on some island. It's like a princess or something. And the king hires all these private detectives to come and solve this this murder. Would you um have them do like... Uh, so you, you could do all these weird detective uh, characters. Would you have them um maybe do some that resemble some classic detectives? Like maybe a Charlie Chan? <laughs> I mean, we'd stay away from, from Mr. Chan. I don't, I don't uh, know. You don't think Ryan Johnson will put an uh, Asian stereotype in his movie? Uh, ooh. He gets ooh. Steven, he'll get Steven Yeun to play uh, Charlie uh, Chan. He'll get Steven Yeun to play Fu Manchu. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that'd be pretty cool to see, like, the, oh, the world of detectives. Um, Timothy Dalton plays, like, uh, you know, like a 40s-style detective. He's got the yeah. hat and the, the jacket. But like in noir, yeah. oh, like a hard boiled cop, yeah. Yep, you got it. Uh, I would um take it back to the basics. It's uh like the first knives out, but yeah, this time it's on a train or some shit or a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's like all there is to it. Yeah. Train or a boat. This one's gonna be on a plane or yeah, that's a fine. spaceship. Nah, that's nah train. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the uh, Shinkansen, the um bullet train in. Japan. Oh, I know. They just made a bullet train they movie. They made a bullet train. I don't think it was a mystery. That was like an action thing, wasn't it? Yeah, or some dumb shit. Brad Pitt was in it, so it's probably some dumb shit. Uh, so, yeah, what's some, fucking... what's some stupid thing they can do? It's the uh, it's that it's that cruise that you go up to the Alaska and you take the train back. It's that long train ride back. Jungle cruise. That's the one. Into, into the, the heart of darkness. Uh, there, bear. Well, to have been to the heart of darkness, it'll be on the oh, Amazon. Agatha Christie already did Death on the Nile. Yeah, well, <laughs> she already did all this other shit too. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he's doing it different. He turned it on his head or something. Is he? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems like every other like cozy mystery on planet Earth, which is fine. That's the whole reason he, people he like just that did, shit. He just threw some colorful characters in it, sort of. Oh, I mean, in both movies, it's weird that people complain about this one being too online because the first movie was also just like, hey, you know, when you go to dinner with your family and like some of your relatives are kind of weird about shit from the internet, <laughs> except for like rich people. <laughs> so yeah, there's not much. Yeah, so the next, uh, the next, the next one you can make for the British royalty, then, uh, uh, you know, some someone killed a, a duchess or something. Or is that too close to that reality? No, I think the knives out needs to say stay strictly American because we don't have like any American um like mystery heroes. Yeah. Agatha Christie's got Hercule Poirot, who's Belgium, but Belgian, but also she's British, right? And what about Sherlock Raymond Holmes Chandler and Philip Marlowe and Yeah, but those are like book guys. Mar- oh, okay. They're not as Sorry. like they're not as like huge of characters, uh, huge iconic. Agatha characters. Christie is a book. She's a book lady. <laughs> yeah, but like her, all of her books were made into uh, movies with uh, wildly disparate quality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're like Hercule Poir- Poirot and um, Sherlock Holmes are huge iconic mystery guys, right? They're books, plays, TV shows, movies. 
T-shirts, right, shows, you know? comic books, wood cutouts. Yeah, so we get, we need an American one. American. We are, what's what can we? Why can't you have them solve a British mystery though? It's still the it's still been my ball. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be good to have like uh, some sort of Cajun, some backwoods American head on over to England and solve all their problems. Huh? Yeah, that's fucking. That's like classic American shit. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, give me Rian Johnson. Why is everyone was going crazy about Paige? She was barely in the movie. I don't get it. I don't know. She's pretty, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she's like, she's no Kate Hudson. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Who is? You know? I don't even like, but then gentlemen, a gentleman like me doesn't even prefer blondes. Why? Wow, what did you like about it or dislike about it? Uh, I liked about the last hour and ten minutes ish of the movie until they start exploding the house then i'm just like okay i get where it's going let's just get to the end they were like what if amogus was a movie (laughs) amogus amogus Amogus. oh man that's us you're the imposter bro this is benoit blanc he's determined who the imposter was benoit blanc he was the imposter this was horrible. I hated all this. The beginning was long and boring. The ending was obvious and stupid. You can't tell me that the solution being stupid was a part of the point because I don't care. It was just stupid. I mean, they, <laughs> to be fair, they do tell you the title of the movie. It's, it's Glass, glass Onion, onion and yeah. then they fucking explain what a Glass Onion is twenty times. And, and you know, you can only be so mad when the mystery is dumb as fuck. You know. Because he's kind of right, though. He's kind of right, though, that at the end of the day, it was just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It is something like, this is the fucking Nancy Drew sent us on a Hardy Boys mystery, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Lost respect for people who think this was good. I surprisingly loved the first and was excited for second. Just felt like they threw a lot of money on CGI. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> that's part of that's a pandemic thing. They just kind of had to film it very much removed from the, they had to do it in the bubble. So I, I'll forgive them for it kind of just, yeah, looking like they're all on small sets on CGI because they are. <laughs> Especially the scene where Benoit Blanc uh, is like having the meeting with uh, Janelle Monet the first time and they're like setting up the plan or whatever. Or she's telling him about it and they're like on his balcony and it's like hey here's the worst cgi london or whatever you've ever seen yeah you would see in the background we're in some sort of place with nice architecture i cannot understand why a lot of people view this as a well-produced film the dialogue was some of the worst i've ever heard ever hoid yeah the acting was just as bad from half of the cast and the movie was laughably long Laughably long. It, so I laughed at it. That's for sure. Like, <laughs> okay. two, two hours, nineteen minutes. <laughs> I just like that's like uh, a really weird adverb to use, right? Well, you know, Stephen King says that adverbs are like death or bullshit or something about. I don't know. You know what I mean? Fuck you and your adverbs. That's what I. <laughs> I would never describe anything as laughably long. Like excruciatingly, or, you know what I mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Several people have described my penis as laughably long. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I kind of can see that. Not specifically the penis thing, but yeah, like if uh, ah, I gotcha. Uh, the, like a, a dog with a really long tail, <laughs> laughably long tail. 
An ending that was only mildly satisfying. Oh, he was mildly satisfied by the ending. What a loser. <laughs> please reach out with your That's opinions. That's what your wife always says. Oh. He says, please reach out with your opinions. Fuck you. No, I won't. I don't want to talk to you about this movie. <laughs> Listen to the podcast, bitch. Y'all weren't kidding about this one. Is there like a fucking social media page for Letterboxd I didn't know about? Where are people that y'all weren't kidding about this one? Like, are they getting fucking emails from Letterboxd about opinions on movies or some shit? Uh, fuck me, I don't know. I this, don't know made, this made me so nauseous I had to stop watching. Why? Fucking Edward Norton, man. Yeah. He's getting old. He does look weird these days. Five stars, whiskey, it girl. Yeah, I think he IT girl. He's saying whiskey. Uh, IT information technology girl makes sense. I think she. I think she was my favorite part of the movie. Now that I think about it, so I guess right. Like I said she's the only one that has a character arc. Yeah, she's the only one that got really anything going on. <laughs> I mean, they killed Big Dave too soon. Otherwise, it would have been Big Dave. They probably. I mean, uh, you, you ask me, what's you make a? Don't, don't give me a bullshit answer where you cast the, the movie into the sea or some shit. You have you have to make a the Knives Out sequel. What are you doing? Taking it right back to the original, just yeah, just to make it more of a cozy mystery. Oh, oh cozy man. though. What's your the plane, train, automobile? Yeah, just put it on a train. Train shit's cool. Trains, it's nice on a train. What's your um, excuse for the train though? I mean, like, what? Because he he's trying to make some sort of weird commentary thing so far. What's uh, what's your <clears throat> what's your angle? Oh, you mean how he always said all of them have like socio political commentary for yeah. Uh, the first one I'm just talking about the British. Yeah, fucking well, mine. It, it'll be on the. They'll be uh, using the. It'll be trained in China. There you go. Well, you, you could have. You had a real chance to do some of the railroad workers, but here we are. Well, yeah, this is Ryan Johnson we're talking about, though. He's not going to do some pro-union workers' rights exploration of like the material concerns. Not of, if you don't challenge him. He's going to do something about like oh, communism bad. Five star for Hugh Grant to play Blanc's boyfriend. Hell yeah, man. When I saw Hugh Grant, I clapped, even though I don't even like Hugh Grant. He's a British. Oh, my God. <laughs> I saw him like, oh, it's Hugh Grant. Okay. Five stars. Never knew an onion had such meaning. I'll be what? peeling them with emotion. One thing this film taught me was that the thing you need most is always right there in the center, like an onion. Makes you cry sometimes. Also, these actors were extraordinary. Janelle Monet, extra. The movie was amazing. Loved it. The sweatpants. It took. I took so long to understand it. This person is a fucking idiot. <laughs> the parody, right? Well, they. I don't know. It took him a long time to understand the sweatpants joke, right? So they're kind of admitting to it. But this shit about the onion. It's like, oh no, you didn't understand. Like you still just have not understood. Never knew an onion had such meaning. I'll be feeling yeah, that with emotion. God, what are you talking about? That's exactly what they're trying to tell you. The film taught me was that the thing you need most is always right there in the center, like an onion. <laughs> They fucking spelled it out three times in the movie. What the fuck is this bitch's problem? Whoa. A little aggressive, sir. All right. She's just a little ignorant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably voted for Trump. Doesn't even realize that abortion's been outlawed in the United States. We're cool. All right. Five stars for knives out of glass onion mystery. This, I know this wasn't Ryan Johnson's fault. Like Netflix or whoever made him do it. It should just be called Glass Onion. I don't like the Knives Out mystery. Yeah, it's so stupid. Bullshit. He hates it, too. I think I read that. Yeah. So, so he's, not, he was right, right about that one. He was right about that for sure. It's his own fault for not calling the first one Benoit Blanc and Knives Out or some shit. Yeah. Knives are out. 
Man, this fucking set design in the first one is so much better too. Remember the fucking the knife thrown or whatever? It's like yeah, really on the nose, but it's it just it's it is a lot of CGI backgrounds, right? And then the, yeah. the actual sets are just kind of like we threw them together on a weekend. This is like well, it's just island. that one big room with shit in it. And there's, it's like I understand it is a lot of it is the consequences of filming during the pandemic. So maybe a lot of that will be resolved in the third one, but there is problems with the writing and the characters and stuff. They're just like, not as interesting or there's not like any depth to any of them except for like whiskey. In my opinion, not as good as the first film, but Daniel Craig looks so hot in this. And I don't know why. Also his office look like something out of, out of a Wes Anderson movie. And I love that. It's his kerchiefs. He's Daniel Craig is not particularly my style, but Okay. I have a I still have a Los Anderson movie to watch. What's that? The French Dispatch. Oh, you never watched it? Nah, I still haven't watched it. It's pretty good. Some um parts better than the others, but it's a Wes Anderson movie for you. Well it, the French Dispatch is uh multiple stories because it's as if you're reading um uh, the French Dispatch. Yeah, the French <laughs> Dispatch, yeah. But check it out, French Dispatch is a pretty good movie. Better than Glass Onion. That's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, he, Wes Anderson should do a detective movie. That's for sure. He probably could do a pretty good detective movie. I would love to see Wes Anderson detective movie. There's a thing about plotting these mysteries, though, that like I think might be more difficult than I personally realize because I've never tried to do it. I don't know. If, like, Glass Onion is just, like, not... Wait, <laughs> just, bro, like, uh... It's like I, a, I could paranormal mystery once, but I never really finished it, so I don't know. Uh, I could. I'll try. Like I'm not I, finish it. You know what? I'll tell you. Give me. Uh, give me six months. My thing is with, with Glass Onion. I could have written this in a weekend. I think. You know I, what I mean? You there's, don't know that Rian Johnson did not. Yeah, there's like not anything Ryan, going. Ryan Johnson. There's like not anything going on with the story or the mystery that is compelling or any depth to it. It really is just like. Whoops! Turns Edward Norton's an idiot. <laughs> that was the mystery. It's like no nah, fucking. I already knew. I already been knew. Oh, we all, we all, we all knew. That's like people are shocked. People are recently shocked that Elon Musk is an idiot. It's like no, this has been ongoing shit for at least a decade. Yeah, I mean, if you, I feel like you should have figured it out at least four or five years ago. That's the thing is people are really susceptible to the propaganda. When did he start doing his dumb shit about the the, the kids in the, the cave? And he's like, oh, I'm going to save them with my scuba pill. And he's like, oh, fuck you, you pedophiles. It'll have worked. I think it was only like three or four years ago. I mean, for sure by then you should have known. Yeah, but I mean, some people weren't like privy to that even transpiring because it was kind of an online thing. At least the Elon Musk part of it. Um, that one made the news and the newspapers, I think. Yeah. I, people just don't pay attention. I can't be blamed for that. It's just the people... Ignorance is not my fault, you know? It's all out there. You you know, you don't read it. I can't help you. I mean, I'm sure you have blind spots about stuff, but probably not sure, as big but... a thing as Elon Musk being an idiot. <laughs> The thing is, though, like, there was a very coordinated, a lot of money spent campaign to propagandize Elon Musk on the internet for, I don't know, an extended period of time, at least like the last decade, maybe longer. That became like a prevailing concept in society at large. And then a lot of people never looked into it, right? They just never. Same thing happened to Donald Trump. That's how we got him. Yeah. It's a goddamn fucking apprentice. 
Yeah, it's just people are told one thing through like societal osmosis, and then they don't ever question it. And that's, uh, you know, that's probably why we have a lot of problems. <laughs> but, you know, there's one thing we can always rely on, and it's Netflix LeBlanc. bringing out the greatest movies of, all, of this or any generation. I, you know, they really weren't that responsible for Glass Onion Netflix, right? They just kind of... He's like, here's some money, make it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is really how studios should work, right? That's how my Yeah, pretty idea. much. You know, the first one's a lot better, and maybe that's because Ryan Johnson just had, like, more of an interest in writing the first one. This one felt more obligatory. He says he has fun writing the character, though, right? Writing these, these movies. So I don't know. It could all just be because of the limits of the pandemic. I don't know. It's just, like, not... It's definitely a big step down from the first one. It's like the pandemic seems like the perfect way to do one of these cozy mysteries. Yeah, I know, which is strange that it incorporates the pandemic, but then still tries to open up or broaden the world that the mystery is taking place in, which was really well, unnecessary. I mean, this, yeah, the, the, this whole thing is like the world's at risk now. If this hydrogen fuel gets out there, people are going to die. Well, not only that, much. but like the the murder and the mystery itself is like really like jet setty, you know, yeah. over on the island and the rich people. Oh, but it happened over here. It happened here. We had to we had to keep it hidden for two weeks, and you know what I mean. It's just like such a bigger, un, unnecessarily bigger mystery or bigger murder scenario. And this again, the stakes are unnecessarily big too. Yeah, yeah. With oh, we're gonna blow up the whole world with hydrogen three or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a whiff from the old Ryan Johnson. Uh, I don't even particularly love the first one that much either. You know what I mean? It's it's nah. a perfectly fine movie, and then this one's not as good. Like the first Knives Out, I'd say six and a half, seven out of ten. This one's like mm, five, maybe. I would have said seven and a half for the first one. This one's more like a five and a half. It's um, it's not like bad enough to start a huge Twitter thread about how you're mad you got bamboozled by a movie, <laughs> but it, but it's also like not good enough to like uh get in arguments about on the internet in the opposite direction either. Kind of, not my feelings these about, characters describe their height. Kind of my feelings about um one of Ryan Johnson's other big movies, uh, The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to fight about that one. Let's fucking turn it the fucking one of the great battlefields of the last decades culture wars. The last Jedi. The fucking toy commercial oh, for really babies. The fucking what's the 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 Rise of Palpatine or what the what is the, the last one called? Uh The Last Jedi? No. No, the one after that. Skywalking doing Skywalks. Oh, rise of Rise of Whatever. It's fucking it's shit. Oh my Ugh. it's garbage. God, yeah, but I mean, the, into the sun. The other two were garbage too, and the prequels are garbage, and um, seventy-five percent of the original trilogy, <laughs> or sixty-six percent. Yeah, no, fuck you. I, I like the original trilogy. Return of the Jedi, Ewoks, fantastic. Uh, you know what? There's so the score in the, the original. You know what? I'll say the original trilogy is good because it is like such a. Uh, you can't the 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 battle between uh, you know the little lightsaber battle at the end. He's like, oh father, <laughs> that's good stuff. Well, I guess just for me, it's more just so just for um its place in the history of film, right? It is like a very uh, historical 
sacred cow type of movie. I'll, I'll give it the respect it deserves, but it devolved into some like um, selling merchandise bullshit. <laughs> I mean, that happened pretty quick. That was always on George Lucas's mind with the merchandising. But um, oh hell, come on, the lightsaber she can retract that and and the periscope. What if kids can make out with Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> that tongue is terrifying. Be a sting lollipop. <laughs> yeah, so uh Knives Out or Glass Onion specifically, a Knives Out Mystery, not as good as the first one. It's free on the Netflix. Check it out. Um I guess you should probably watch it so you can have an opinion about it on the internet because everyone's got to have an opinion about everything now. I mean, you pay for Netflix anyways or someone else you know pays for Netflix anyways and they're not cracking down on passwords and for for a couple more months, so you know get it while you can. Get it while it's hot Glass Onion um, next week though, it's time for um, probably what's going to be one of the greatest films of 2022 we just haven't watched it yet but it would have made the list had we watched it, but I made sure not to watch it so that we could watch it for the podcast. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, after so many years, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, it was a real weird sentence for me. <laughs> There's uh, the uh, Ind- an Indonesian director that I like that makes crazy action movies. His name is uh, Timo Tajanto. Tajanto, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of his names, but yeah, he's got a new Netflix movie called The Big Four. We're going to watch that. Oh, wait, I think I heard about this one. Yes, I have heard of this movie for some reason. Next week. Um, I don't know, yeah. There's five I, people on the cover here, I'll tell you that. So I'm a little confused. Yeah, but about the poster, too. I was like, that's, some, that's why it's another big five. I think I, I think I saw on Netflix the other day that it was, like, in the top ten trending movies or whatever. So people are watching this shit, which I'm shocked by. But, yeah, I it mean, should be pretty action, cool. The crazy action movies are just one of those movies that I feel like they cross... They're easy just, to cross sell, you know what I mean? Like we, we America certainly kind of created the uh, the formula, um, but mm. other countries are, are doing it right. Yeah, but I, I mean, my shock was, um, yeah, because it hasn't been promoted at all. Because why would Netflix promote it at all? But also, I mean, it's in um, another language. Oh, uh, for sure, they dubbed it, right? They have almost all these uh, yeah, movies have dubs. Always since the at least dub part way through, I always do. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be pretty good. Um, I guess we'll talk more about uh, Timo next week. But uh, the best segment in VHS two, um, you know the the demon cult one. That's Timo. I think it's VHS two. Wow. Um, <clears throat> what about uh VHS ninety four? Did you watch the newest one? Uh, I've actually seen a couple of the shorts when I was just going through uh, Shutter, and it was, it was on one of the Shutter channels. But I haven't seen the whole thing, so. Questionable whether I've seen his uh, his one. Was there Wait, Earthquake and Zombies? Or like... Uh, 94 was the one that came out last year, I think. 90, was um, it 99? 99 was this year, 94 was last year. They're I, making... I've, I've seen parts of 94 and 99, but not, not, the, not the whole thing. <clears throat> Did you uh, see one that was shot from the perspective of like a police cyborg? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, well, that does sound kind of familiar. It's like it's super violent, like oh, and like a lot of body horror stuff in it. Oh, you know, honestly, I'll watch all the three VHSs I haven't seen next Halloween. So you know, about a year from now, I'll get to it. <laughs> we might might do a Timo double feature because another one of his movies is also a Netflix movie. Do you want to do two weeks of Timo to the start the one? new year? Off? Well, the other one's called The Night Comes for Us. It's another like action movie. 
Sure, fuck it, let's do it. Two in a row. Team right, Big Four, and the night comes for us. Yeah, so this week just watch the Big Four. Next week we'll watch the night comes for us. The night comes for us is a little bit more serious, I think, or I know because I watched the night comes for us before. But Big Four watch this Gee. week. Gee. Probably. Probably greatest movie of twenty twenty two and we just couldn't watch it in twenty twenty two because we had to save it for the podcast. You're welcome. Speaking of which, thanks for listening. Love you. That's been Content Sewer. Go to VHSKVLT.com. Um tell your friends and family, tell your lovers, the haters, the ops, tell everyone you know, post it in Hassan's Twitch channel. Oh, there's any Twitch channel really. Put it on TikTok. You know, I don't I, know. Opposite. It's been another year and I've made no money off this podcast. This podcast might have actually cost me money. You know? I think it probably has at this point, right? Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. It's time for you to open up your wallets, goddammit. Part of the problem is you gotta get more people listening. That might be no, on us. Maybe I'll put yeah, that's too. definitely on. You know what? I I'm I do no work and I expect re- only returns. So yeah. Oh, it's on the agenda for this year. 2023, it's going to be a big year for the Mickey Gooch brand. I'm going to start streaming. I'm going to get this podcast blowing up. I've heard this every week for like 20 years. I'm going to start lifting weights again. Happy New Year, bitches. Once I start lifting weights again, I'm going to be unstoppable. You call me Gucci Gooch. Fucking Gucci, man. It's Gucci. Happy New Year. (laughs)